Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show. Yeah, uh, Joshua Perry, my co-pilot for this week. I think you've been on since we changed the name to the Tim May Show, but uh, welcome back once again, my man. And uh, man, I wanted to get you on. Uh, this is like a few days later and uh, definitely before the uh, Big Ten meetings in uh, late July in Indianapolis. But uh, what happened at Northwestern with Pat Fitzgerald, just what was your initial reaction to what happened? And uh, I'll just ask one question at a time because I get in trouble for talking too much. Go ahead, Joshua. Well, I mean, where do you want to start with initial? Like, are we talking initial on Friday? Because when you heard it was a a two-week unpaid suspension and a recruiting dead period in the middle of July when people are typically on vacations, I thought this was – more of a, you know, by the letter of the law, hazing rules were violated, but nothing too serious happened within the program. And it was kind of like, hey, you know, they kind of had to do this and we're going to keep moving forward. Um, nothing's going to come up. And Saturday comes around and the, uh, the the student journalism done at the Daily Northwestern deserves a ton of credit. And this is uh, a city in Chicago where I live now that does not have a Northwestern beat for any of the two big uh, newspapers so they they have a duty and obligation to cover that university and they did it very well but we saw the reporting that came out there and some of the allegations of the type of hazing that existed within that program and it's like oh, now hold the phone because this changes the calculus completely and then you get to monday when pat fitzgerald is uh finally relieved of his duties as head coach and um i think the the suddenness in which the tone changed from the university shocks me. Uh, I think the way that it was handled certainly shocks me. 
Um, but I'm shocked at all that we're dealing with the hazing situation of that degree in 2023. It's not something that I ever experienced as a player. And to think that, because the idea of hazing is that you're, you're team building. So to think that, you know, forced nudity and sexualized acts would create a better sense of team is, is a, a wild conclusion to draw. Um, you know, types of things that I had experienced. It's like, hey, you know, hey, freshman, go get my bags. Hey, freshman, go carry out my pads. Hey, freshman, go grab me a snack. I think you could you could pass that off as team building, certainly. What we saw in Northwestern is not. Um, and so it's disappointing. It's upsetting. I feel certainly for the whistleblower and any of the victims that were involved there. I also, uh, in a way, feel for some of the bystanders in the locker room. And I know they're not completely um, without um, responsibility in this. Right. I think bystanders do have a responsibility. But ultimately, you got a lot of guys who probably didn't participate in this. Um, that are going to have to reap the consequences of, of what a few people did in terms of building that culture. Um, and then, you know, coaches, the the uh, coach Braun, who's going to be running the program right now, just came in this year. So you're telling me that he moved his family to Evanston for this opportunity. Now, all of a sudden, he's basically going to be a one year rental interim head coach. And then who the hell knows where his family is going to be a year from now? You feel for a guy like that in this situation. And the whole thing is extremely unfortunate. And the Pat Fitzgerald angle as well. Um, a guy who had built a legacy is the most notable person in in that university's athletics history. Um, yeah. He was a phenomenal football coach and, and somebody who I believe to be um, a very good person. I think it goes to show that you could be a good person, also make awful decisions at times that end up affecting people in extremely bad ways. And that can end up being really harmful. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to to deal with that and that stain on his legacy and all the repercussions there. Um, everything about this feels very unfortunate. So you never <clears throat> you never took a snap from a naked center in a locker room ever is what you're saying. No, I mean. no, no, no. I mean, the worst thing that that probably we ever had was, you know, rookie talent show where they'd force you to, to sing songs <laughs> and do dances. And, uh, you know, if you were a freshman uh, when it was nap time during training camp, you probably had to sleep on the floor and not on a blow up mattress. Like you can, you can talk me into that as kind of the rites of passage and things you need to do to become a member of the team. The, the details that were exposed and then you take it a step further and, and some of the allegations of um, the, the type of uh, culture in terms of race that was created there too. Yeah. Um, that and and I know that was a very personal experience to some of those players, and uh, I had talked to people within that program that um, said they didn't experience the same thing, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Uh, which I think is a very important distinction when, when we start having conversations with people around that program. Um, at some point, <laughs> it's like, you know, what the hell was going on there, and, and yeah. how come, how come nobody knew any of this was going on? Yeah. And here's the thing: uh, as I was talking with a uh, coach is shooting the bull uh, a couple of days ago. <clears throat> the problem with hazing, for example, if you allow hazing, and by allow, I mean just, you know, don't crack down on it. Or if you don't know about it, you know, well, you need to be more informed, right? We'll get into that in a second. But uh, but the bottom line is hazing is all about we're going to make it rougher on this group than it was on us. It, it always has an escalation factor which is going to go into, as it turns out, at, at Northwestern, if stuff is to be believed. And obviously, 
the powers that be there do believe what went on there. Uh, it turns into debauchery, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and then, and then it's all about keeping the secret, you know, the brotherhood keeping the secret when in fact, all you got in this, in this modern age, you know, there are too many people with cameras, with cell phones, et cetera. It only takes one leak. That's kind of a, uh, kind of a goofy term, but it only takes one leak. And suddenly everything's exposed. Ooh, there's another goofy term <laughs> in relation to this. And you're going, oh my good. I mean, and if they, that's why you don't want it to really happen in the first place, right? Joshua to I mean, yeah, you you being in charge of getting X players uh Gatorade every day after practice is a big difference but, but between what we've been reading about in this situation. And I, you yeah. know, he, you and I, neither one of us are neophytes. We're not walking through the woods, you know, just like, oh, there's a tree. I never knew what a tree was. You know what I mean? We understand right. what's going on in life. Go ahead now. No, I mean, but it's, I don't know. I mean, I felt like in this day and age, a lot of people would understand why what went on there, what was alleged to have gone on there, um, would be a huge issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like the, the amount of seminars that I sat through as a student athlete, uh, that talked about, um, you know, sexual assault and, and consent and, and things of that nature, um, to think that would not apply to your teammates in the yeah. locker room yeah. is where I'm as shocked about anything. Like, we're, we're too far in our progress as a society for anybody to think that they could or should be able to get away with that regardless of of what the the ritual has been for years that's a no-no yeah but northwestern of all places you know what i mean almost it's like number one it's hard for them to appeal to the mass uh right. prospect audience out there and then to have this out there now uh it's been going on you know who knows it may have started two years ago right but it's been going right. on for I mean, years no uh, doubt. literally how, how do you get how do you get past this? Obviously, they named David Braun as you as you pointed out. David Braun was a defense coordinator at North North Dakota State. They hired him as their new defensive coordinator. What uh, several months ago? What back in January? I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now he, he's the interim head coach. But how do you how do you get past this? I don't. I have no idea. Honestly, like this is not something that I think is in any of the the handbooks or manuals on on how to build a team during training camp. Yeah. Um, I think he needs to have conversations with everybody one-on-one uh, -on -one, and I think he needs to see where they're all at um, in, in that conversation I think should also have a um, you know if you feel like you were a victim of any of these things and you have unresolved feelings about it um, we're, we have resources through our athletic department to help with that um, the part of the conversation should be um, you came here for a reason that was bigger than football and uh, I know you can hop in the portal, but we'd love to have you here because they're they're. I mean, all these kids can leave. But I think when you pick Northwestern, you pick Northwestern because you want to be at that university and be connected to that community and be in Chicago and all these different things. So I, yeah. I would really stress that. Um, I would also say that if you feel uncomfortable here, you're more than free to leave. And this is not on you and you shouldn't feel any guilt about that or any shame about potentially transferring out of here. Uh, but I think it's a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations between coaches and players. I think the administration needs to be involved in a lot of this because uh, from the reports, there's a lot of uh, trust that's been eroded between the administration and the athletic department and the athletes. Um, and I think that 
the leadership on that team needs to be examined because the guy who's trying to um, the guy who's trying to lead the team is uh, the player who's trying to lead the team through this can't be the same player that was over there, you know, uh, doing the, the car wash in the shower, right? Like they can't be the same guy. They, there's no way that can happen. Um, or, or else you fired your head coach and then all of a sudden you still got the same guy in the locker room who was a ringleader. That doesn't make very much sense to me. And so yeah. I think there's a lot of honesty that needs to, to, to happen. A lot of honest conversation, a lot of looking in the mirror and, and, and just face to face. And it's going to, I think it's going to be a long process. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have very high expectations for this football team, um, but I think this season is more than just about football for these guys. And I, I think it's truly about rebuilding a, a culture and the community within that team. Yeah. And they're, you know, what they've got that project of, uh, of redoing their stadium, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it, you talk about timing being as bad, as bad as it can be. And like you said, it's a total cleansing. They're going to go through, you know, pardon the car wash uh, analogy, but that's what, yeah. That's what this program faces. Has to happen. Uh, let me ask you one other thing about that. You, as a former player, both high school, college, and and NFL, you talked about it a while ago. Maybe you know having to get someone's drink and stuff. What what did you ever did you ever experience or see things like this uh, in your career? Not at any level. Um, not high school, college, not NFL. Um, you feel like high school was probably the most immature uh form of, of hazing but it never got past I, I felt like I went to high school with a bunch of of really good guys right like we're yeah we're you know suburban Columbus kids like none of us ever actually desired to do anything too edgy you know it's not it's not how we grew up um but we were just dumb in high school and so you know we'd <laughs> oh drink a drink a, a packet of ketchup type stuff like okay um, college urban as much as people like to think that he ran a rogue program did not put up with this type of stuff this was not going to happen um, I mean he he was very much the you're going to respect your teammates um, the locker room is your space but damn it I'll take it back from you if I need to um, and also we got to be able to recruit so I don't want anybody telling any stories to the young guys we bring on campus about what you guys do to them so don't do that yeah um and then the NFL, of course, they're like, oh, no hazing allowed. And then, you know, I'm, I'm carrying a million dudes bags and and I'm running to the gas station down the street to to buy, uh, you know, rolls of dip for guys and all, all kinds of different stuff. But it was never anything that you couldn't say, hey, listen, this is what we've all done as a way to say that we want to be a part of this team, but nobody would ever be hurt by doing any of these things. I think yeah. that was always the biggest thing. Yeah. Nobody could ever be hurt by doing this. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like, uh, uh, Irvin magic Johnson, uh, 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 basically being, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, uh, Butler, you know, for our concierge there for that first year and stuff. It was right. interesting. And he, but he, you know, wasn't anything, no debauchery involved. It was like having the right drink, the right New York times, but you know, uh, blah, blah, blah uh every morning and stuff which is that is a total different phase of it hey uh speaking of that uh speaking of different phases uh, before i ask you a couple things about the big 10 uh, explain to people what your new uh, walk in life is now uh joshua perry as you climb yeah, be, uh, as you climb the tree i'm trying to climb man i'm trying to make sure i can stay in shape to, to continue to climb but i'm going to be a part of the uh the uh, studio coverage for uh, NBC around 
the Big Ten's primetime game this upcoming fall. Uh, super excited about that opportunity. Um, you know, for me, this has been something I've just enjoyed doing so much, and I don't feel like it's a job. And the fact that I continue to uh, find great opportunities in this space is such a joy for me. So, uh, again, covering the conference that I love, the the brands that I identify with, telling the stories of players that, um, you know, I relate to because it wasn't that long ago that I was one of them. I'm super excited for this fall. Yeah, and, uh, you know, did uh, did that just come out of how, how does it work? Explain to people how it works who who one day want to climb the same tree uh, or are trying to climb. Did, it, is it just happenstance or did you, you know, do you apply for jobs like that? Does your agent put you in in line? How does that how does that work? I mean, it's a little bit of everything. And, and my path, uh, admittedly, is different than um, somebody who didn't play sports. Like as the, the analyst, I think the qualification comes from the fact that you played the game. So I never went to journalism school. I didn't know any of these people. I wasn't very well connected. Um, started off doing the the local radio thing in Columbus, like many people have. And uh, it just kind of kept growing from there. But for me, with some of the more recent opportunities, it's been a lot of right place at the right time because contracts got to line up and you got to be able, if you need to move somewhere, you got to be able to get up and move and um, different things like that. I, I mean, the the actual opportunities also have to be there. So like, you know, NBC, CBS picking up Big Ten football packages. I'm like, oh, well, those are new jobs that didn't exist Yeah, um, not that long ago. So um, I think for – I think a lot of it has to be you're in the right spot. The flip side of that also is, like, you got to have somebody who can market you properly as well. Yeah. And uh, are you – I mean, obviously you're going to say you're a fan of it, but are you a fan of the new – uh big 10 contract situation with basically over the air for the most part uh you know uh networks etc i mean what what what's just your take on it i like it a lot and i like um you know there's a streaming i think component to yeah. a lot of this as well where you'll be able to see um nbc stuff on peacock and paramount with cbs and so um it feels very nfl um nfl obviously how they do their uh their television packages but um, I think it, it gets out to a lot of people. I think everybody who's doing these games are also really good at doing these games. Like we know what Fox does, um, NBC, you know, uh, highest ratings for what they do. And, and CBS has done a really good job broadcasting as well. So I think the conference is in great hands. Um, you throw the Big Ten Network in there as well and, and some of the inventory that they'll be able to collect through this deal. And especially with the additions of the new schools, like um, I certainly appreciated my time there, and I thought that they had done a, a fantastic job uh, historically since they, they started the network of yeah. covering the schools and, and producing games. So um, conference is in great hands in terms of uh, in terms of the TV inventory. Okay, let's check your homework real quick. Uh, who, and since the last time you and I spoke, uh, who has caught your eye in the Big Ten that you think could make a leap this year? Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan, not necessarily in that order, because, you know, as the old saying goes to uh, when Mike Tyson was around, to beat the ch to uh, be the champion, you got to beat the champion. That champion uh, the last two years is Michigan, with Ohio State wanting to step back in there, you know, kind of like Ali coming back, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, who, uh, who, who has caught your eye that you go, okay, I mean, see, I'm looking at Nebraska. I think Nebraska's done some interesting things, and Wisconsin – obviously with Luke Fickle, but Nebraska with Matt Rule. But who's caught your eye? Yeah, I, I think those two, 100%. And those are, 
you know, where a lot of people are kind of looking and for very good reasons, I think uh, Luke Fickle and Matt Rule are both phenomenal coaches. I think they both did a great job in the transfer portal as well. And, and they honestly had, I think, a lot more talent than um, some some other openings typically would have. So they'll yeah. be in a good spot just from from starting off. The one guy who did really two guys who really intrigue me, though, and, and it's every year, Brett Bielema doesn't get enough credit for how good of a coach he is. And he's losing a ton. But there are a lot of people that think by the end of the year, he could have one of the best defensive lines in the country and specifically on the interior of it. I'm not necessarily going to argue that. Um, they got to find a quarterback and they got to find a running back and like they got to find a cornerback and like all these different things. Right? They got to yeah. find a lot of guys. They haven't been in this spot in a while, but he is a great football coach. You got to find a defensive coordinator, too. I know they hired a guy, but, um, you know, th there's a lot of newness in that program. The other guy, P.J. Fleck. And I know there are plenty of people who are like, oh, man, I don't like P.J., whatever. And it's like, OK. You don't have to like him to acknowledge that he can coach some football. Yeah, um, he's one of the most organized coaches I've ever been around. Like watching his practices, it's like watching a symphony almost. And I know that sounds dramatic, but just everything's happening the way that it needs to. And there's not a lot of uh, wasted time. There's certainly not a lot of wasted communication. Um, Tanner Morgan's out of that program. It seemed like he'd been the quarterback there for 128 years. He's gone now. Um, yeah. uh, I believe Mo Abraham is gone as well and that's a, a running back who is fantastic but i just i think that he has the type of guys that he likes to have around there um and he can coach some football i, I don't know if this is their year but I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was yeah and what's interesting is all four of those teams we you, you and i just talked about are in the west right mm -hmm. and uh i think the west is wide open but i think in a good way this year uh uh i wanted to ask you uh before we get done here Ohio State, what, what is your biggest – people keep asking me who's going to be the starting quarterback, and I keep yeah. saying they've got care. two good quarterbacks. It doesn't uh, matter. And Ryan, all he does is is develop the hell out of quarterbacks, too. I right. don't care. Like, right. That's the least of my concerns for, yeah. for the new guys. Right. My, I keep saying my question is who's going to be the right tackle? You know what I mean? That's I mean, my biggest thing. Like, like, can you anchor that offensive line? And I don't think that you necessarily need to have, like, an all world offensive line, but you can't have a, uh, yeah. like, you know, a, just a terrible player. And I don't think they will. Um, it's just how quickly can Justin Fry develop and how quickly can they get comfortable? And, um, you know, how do you play to your strengths when you know that your offensive line is not what it has been in years past? I think that's the biggest question for him. But uh, again, Portal additions, you seem to like, I think that there were some players there that they feel like they can develop now all of a sudden, um, it's just about what you can do to grow throughout the season. I'll I'll, I'll say this last thing about um, offensive line play. Didn't think anybody thought that Daryl Baldwin was going to be worth a damn playing offensive line, and I don't think a lot of people thought Chase Ferris was going to be a very good player either. And those yeah. are two guys um, who ended up being very, very good players. Yeah. Very, very good players. And so I, I think that, you know, as, as much as people have the right to be nervous, I also think that you can point to examples of, this is our weak link on the offensive line. And all of a sudden, it's like actually he turned out to be a good player. Yeah, as I as I always tell people, you never know when an offensive lineman's going to bloom. You know what I mean? And yeah. the idea that Orlando Pace is going to walk through the door every year right. is far fetched. Yeah. It's funny, Chase Ferris now head coach with uh, Troy Smith as his offensive coordinator. You know, yeah, uh, he's got Duran Grant on his staff. Too. Exactly, that's a yeah. hell of a staff, yeah. isn't it? All good guys, man. Love those guys. Hey, hey, last thing, uh, uh, Joshua, I appreciate you coming on. Going back to the Northwestern thing, the thing was intriguing to me, and you brought it up at the, at the, at the, at the, at the jump, 
he was put on suspension for two weeks based on the the president of the Northwestern eyeballing the uh, the legal team that they brought in to uh, do their investigation. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly when all this other stuff broke, yep. I don't know. What does it tell you about the about the money you spent on the legal team doing the investigation? Should, should, maybe you should just give the mean, money to the Northwestern uh, Journalism Department. I mean, are we making an assumption that the legal team didn't already discover all the things that were being I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Daily Northwestern? I mean, like, I think yeah. that's a... And, and I think that's why, you know, Pat Fitzgerald's lawyered up right now. He, there's reported yeah. he had $42 million left on that deal. Friday, all of a sudden, this is not a fireable offense. Then you get to Monday, we can fire you with cause. Right. I think that that, I think there's this idea that some of those details or many of those details were already known by the university, by the athletic department, by the coaching staff once the investigation was done. Yes. And they still came with the two weeks and that's Pat Fitzgerald's reason that he's all lawyered up right now. Oh yeah. It's a lot of speculation. It's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, doing the Brian Windhorst. Now, why would he do that? Right. Remember those ESPN yes. where he's doing all like this, but yeah, uh, it's neither here nor there on that. But Tim, I do have to run right now. I got to yeah. get to a meeting. I know I was late today, so this is on me. Oh but- no, no. Hey, I appreciate five minutes with Joshua Perry. Are you kidding me? Joshua Perry. Thanks for joining the Tim May show again, man. And uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.